Hello, Evan. Hi, Beth. The episode that we are commentating on today is traumatic party stress disorder. So I was thinking about times in my life when parties and stress went together. So would you like to hear a story from my childhood? Yes. <laughs> it took a little too long. I feel like you don't want to hear a story from my childhood. You know that you can just tell me. You don't have to. <laughs> I'm here to accommodate you. Just if you have a story to tell me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is a story from my childhood having to do with parties. So when I turned six years old, my parents said I could bring one friend to Discovery Zone. Did you have Discovery Zone in Canada? Uh, I would have been in Asia by this time. Did they have Discovery Zone in Asia? We had Discovery City. What's Discovery City? It was like a big play place. Okay, okay. So you get it. There was, so a, it was a huge a trampoline. Play place. That was kind of the main attraction. Oh, a huge trampoline. Uh, I think this one had like a like a big ball pit and uh, like a maze that you went through to get to it. Like one of those ones you climb in. Yeah, a play place. And then arcade games and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So my parents said I could bring one friend to Discovery Zone for my sixth birthday. So I asked my next door neighbor, my best friend. She was too scared to go to Discovery Zone. So I brought my backup best friend, my older sister. So we went to wait, Discovery wait, wait. Zone. You mean for to tell birthday. me that your sisters were not along for the ride originally? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I was six years old. The, the details are fuzzy. What I do remember is when we got to Discovery Zone, we were getting things out of the trunk. I don't know what was in the trunk, but I decided to look inside the trunk to like see if something was there, which I thought was going to be there. And my mother closed the trunk door on my head on my birthday. <laughs> and <laughs> that is literally all I remember about that birthday. Because she concussed you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, so that's my worst birthday experience. So now we're going to talk about Henry Higgs' worst birthday experience. Did you watch The Office? Yeah. I was recently working out with my roommate or one of my housemates, and we were watching that episode of The Office where it's Michael's birthday. And there are all of these talking heads, and he keeps saying these horrific stories and then ending <laughs> them with like, that was probably my worst birthday. But he has like four <laughs> stories. Uh. I only have one, so I guess my life is pretty good, comparatively. To Michael Scott's. To Michael Scott's, yeah. Just a pretty low bar, honestly. With that being said, uh, I would like to welcome all of our listeners to our podcast, Office Valuation. <laughs> this is a podcast about The Office. Yeah. <laughs> at Kindercare Pharmaceuticals. Oh, I see what you did. That was very smooth. Very nice. Yes. Thank you. This is Selfie Valuation, a podcast devoted to... The best show to be canceled after 13 episodes, ABC Selfie, starring John Cho and Karen Gillan. In this episode, we will be doing a little bit of a further breakdown of an episode of the show that we reviewed and recapped last week. Yes. So if you did not get enough information last week, you are in luck because we are still talking about that episode. The episode is Traumatic Party Stress Disorder. Yes, and in that episode, if you did not listen to our recap, it was Henry's 40th birthday, and Eliza was trying to surprise him with a gift and a birthday party, and uh, mixed results. Hey, listen to me, talk about selfie, cancel by BC in 2014, evaluating selfie. We're still hoping for season two. So, Beth, mm -hmm. you told me that you had something very cool to discuss. 
about this episode. <laughs> what was it again? You know that is a lie because I have no notes. Okay, I had one thought. I thought you had a good idea. Can we just do I, your Let's idea? hear your one thought and then I'll okay. discuss. <laughs> okay, my thought was... No, it's, just, it's like only half of a thought. Okay, so my... <laughs> I'm so good at podcasting. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I was thinking it would be interesting to track so far kind of the character arcs of our main characters because I feel like Henry's arc is like he has a lot more self-awareness whereas Eliza seems to kind of like flip-flop back and forth. It would be interesting to kind of like look back and see where they're at in their arc right now. Sorry, look back and see where they are at their arc? In their arc? Character-wise. Character development-wise. Okay, so if if the goal... Okay. If the goal, character-wise, of the show is that both of them kind of grow in self-awareness and, like, taking responsibility for their lives, I feel like Henry, it's more straightforward. Like, he's kind of, like, he's letting people in. Like, he's being more honest about his faults. He's controlling people less. Like, it's kind of, like, growth. Whereas Eliza, it feels like every episode you start you don't know where she's at, kind of. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Okay, sure. So like one minute she's very thoughtful and then the next minute she's breaking into your house to try to be thoughtful. Like it's just, it's more sporadic, I guess. It's just sort of like, what's going to happen now? Well, one thing that I've brought up on my other podcast and just thought about a lot just in terms of writing is Dan Harmon, who was a producer and creator of Community and he now does Rick and Morty and he does a bunch of other stuff. Dan mm-hmm. Harmon came up with a formula for sitcom writing or I guess TV writing. And it's a, it's a circle, basically. And things start off with, with the status quo being in place. And then at some point that status quo is disrupted. And then at the end of the episode, the status quo has been reestablished. Okay, yeah, that follows for like community. That's very much how community feels. And, and it is a lot of sitcoms because um, mm-hmm. sitcoms, I think, are comfort TV. Mm-hmm. You, you, you watch them and then you, you have a lot of expectations that need to be met. And when those expectations aren't met, like swerves and cliffhangers, they create a sense of discomfort. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. there needs to be th- this familiarity, this cycle. It's like, oh, at the end of the day, things are going to be the way that they were before. And mm-hmm. to a certain extent, I do think that that is the case with Selfie, where at the end... <laughs> things have sort of normalized again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I don't think any episode so far has ended with Henry, like, upset with Eliza or vice versa. Uh, well, the episode where she tries to, where they try to set him up, like, her and Charmonique, he gets angry and, oh, no, nope, you're right, because they kind of, like, patch things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So okay. I, 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 do think, I do think that there is an arc of ups and downs, but, mm-hmm. but they are back sort of in the middle of those ups and their downs come the end of the episode, come the wrap-up. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I still feel like in terms of like personal development, I feel like we want to see Eliza on like an upward trajectory because that's kind of the premise of the show is like Eliza becoming a better person. So if she kind of just like keeps cycling back to being kind of the same way, I feel like that's a little unsatisfying because you're like, I thought she was past this. I feel like we talked about this already, but it just sort of seems like Eliza like learns her lesson and then forgets her lesson. But I do think, do you not think that that is very human of her? I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> and Eliza's also kind of at a different stage of life than Henry, where I feel like Henry is like feeling like, oh, I have to like get my life together. Whereas Eliza's just kind of like, I'm doing fine. Like, 
I don't need to fix that much. I just want to be like a little bit nicer. So uh, one thing I that I have often done in the past, because one of the points of these episodes is to sort of think ahead. What might future episodes of Selfie have looked like? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, one thing that I have uh, done with many other episodes is to sort of take the premise of the episode that we, we just reviewed and skew it or flip it. So in this case, okay. this is Eliza planning Henry a birthday party. Mm-hmm. What about an episode where it's Eliza's birthday? Okay. So what role would Henry play? Right. Is, is Henry planning for a party? Is Henry aware that a party for Eliza is not in his wheelhouse? Is he outsourcing it? I guess my thought with that, I like this idea of like flipping it, but my thought with that is it doesn't really make as much sense for Henry to be planning Eliza's birthday party. So I feel like Eliza has a lot. Well, okay. (laughs) I was going to say Eliza has a lot more friends, but I feel like also the premise of the show is that she actually does not have very good friends. She just knows a lot of people. So I guess I could see a situation where Eliza... Okay, so this is my thought. Eliza thinks all of these other people are going to throw her a party and Henry somehow finds out that actually all of them think someone else is throwing the party Amazing. and no one has planned a party. That's, yeah. So then like at the last minute, he has to like plan a party for her but make it look like, you know, it was planned all along by like all of these friends and stuff like that. So Henry needs to, Henry is trying to put on a party that he believes other people would. Yeah, I guess so. He's so. sort of uh, acting against his own better instincts. Yeah, because it would have to be like very Instagrammy and like like the party that Eliza would have planned for him. Like if she hadn't toned it back and been like, "Oh, it needs to be a Henry party." Yeah, no, that is great. I really like that. I kind of like Henry um, panicking. Yeah, and sort of like trying to set something up. Here's here's my question for this particular episode. Does Henry succeed? Does he actually end up creating an Instagrammable, like, is, is this hype up event? I feel like, okay, I'm, my thought is that it would have to be, like, on the verge of being a total disaster, and then, like, things come together at the end. Or maybe, like, Eliza's other friends do end up stepping up, like, at the very last minute because he's, like, trying to get the ball rolling, and they're like, oh, this is terrible, we have to fix it, you know? And they, like, come in and fix it. So then you kind of get, like... Henry's intention, but like in the end, like someone like Freddie would have to end up stepping up in the end and be like, okay, like this is a disaster, but we'll fix it, you know? But if Henry hadn't done anything, it would have just been like everyone forgot her birthday. Because they've already seen it in like many times that like having birthday parties and stuff like that is very important to Eliza because of her childhood experience of like that birthday party with the sad clown, which I don't know if we actually talked about that. I don't think we did because I had not taken notes. So that's my bad, I guess. But yeah, she was talking about when she was a child, she would like invite people to her birthday party and no one would show up except for the clown that her mom hired. And then the clown would be like real bummer about it and like make it very obvious that like the clown thought Eliza was a loser kind of. So it would be very important to her that people remembered her birthday and it would be like very devastating to her if she had a repeat of the clown sort of situation. I really love that. I think that is very excellent. Um, I think it kind of writes itself. And when I say it, I mean you. You wrote it. It's very good. Um, I, <laughs> Thank you. I kind of, to go in a different direction, um, and I guess this is me sort of hypothesizing another episode, and, and to sort of frame this premise, this is something we haven't really discussed a lot because I don't like to. I don't like to really, because we did earlier on in earlier episodes of this podcast, uh, the age difference between the two. 
And in a way, there's a reading of this sitcom in which it's not so much Henry trying to normalize Eliza socially as he is just trying to make her act her age or make her act, yeah, like an adult. Like, she's not acting like an adult. She's sort of um, developmentally stunted in some ways. Yeah, I, I would say the way that she interacts with the world seems more like a stereotypical, like, teenager. Yeah, are you, like, yeah, are you, like, a college student? Are you in, like, your teens or 20s or something? Because, I mean, she's in her 20s, but, like, not... You, but... If she's in her 20s, it's later. Or, you know, she has a career. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know if they ever really talk about her age, but... I mean, I think she's supposed to be definitely 25 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is something that I would like to see a lot more of in TV and and whatnot. And because it... In a self-serving way, it's something that I can kind of relate to. But this sort of thing where it's just like, well, you're an adult now. You need to do things that an adult would do. So you're having a dinner party. Or you're having you're having friends over. So this should be like a dinner party. And this is how a dinner party is done. You have sort of like um, co- cocktails that make their way into like this dinner with like you have like a tablecloth. You have like these dishes and it goes from there into something else. You're not just ordering a pizza in because you're an adult now. Okay, so your thought is, like, another direction this could go is Henry trying to, like, civilize Eliza's birthday celebration? Well, I guess I was trying to pivot out of that a little bit because it doesn't necessarily need to be a birthday. But it could be. It okay, could be. okay, yeah. But just, like, Eliza, you're X number of years old. You, you are going to have some company over. You need to be a good host to them. And so all of these... You know, he's he's sort of outlining all of these things. This, this is the way that things are supposed to, to be. I, I just keep thinking of this one Bon Appetit video. You know, the YouTube channel, Bon Appetit? Yes, you've told me about it before. Yeah. You still haven't watched it. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay, well, I will bring it up next week and we will check back in then. There, But there is, okay. there's just this video and it's just like how to drink all night at like a party. Hmm. But... It's not like at like a rager or something or like a college party. It's just like when you're having like guests, like this is how you provide drinks for the entire night. You start out with like this and then you go into like wine at dinner. And then after that, you go into like, I don't know, aperitifs. I don't know what the term is. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking. There's a certain way of doing things. It's not like, oh, you're having friends over. You got like two 24 packs of beer. And also, like like I mentioned earlier, you like ordered pizza in. And that's like a nice night in. Okay, so in your mind, Eliza's more... Well, I don't know, because I don't feel like Eliza's a like, come over and we'll drink a bunch of beers. You know what I mean? Well, no, but it still might be like, we're going to kill like three or four bottles of wine. And also we ordered like Buddha bowls from like Fresh (laughs) or something. (laughs) So it's like the city girl version of that, I guess. Yeah. But it's okay. not, you know, this isn't like a sit-down dinner. This is like, oh, we're all on the ca- we're on the mm-hmm. couch and we're like watching Netflix or something. Yeah. And this is Henry coming in and being like, no, you sit around the table. You you stare at each other. There are no, <laughs> you know, there are no screens. The music is is, you know, in the background. You know, he has like 
He has some clever rhyme. I'm not going to try to come up with one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would. He would have a rhyme. Yeah. And, and even like the bits that we've seen of Eliza's apartment, it's definitely not set up for entertaining. It's very much a space that like only she lives in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's like just full of stuff and like I don't even know if she has a table. Like I, I, I could see her not having a table at all in that apartment. So it would it would kind of transition into being like a full makeover of her like living space, I feel like, if if we went that direction. Where Henry was like, Oh, you need to like entertain guests, then it would be like, Oh, so we need to like totally redo your whole lifestyle, basically. To accommodate having like this kind of dinner party that he is imagining for her. And I think at some point there needs to be a discussion, and it might not be in this particular episode, but how far is too far when it comes to Henry trying to change Eliza's life? Yes. Because I feel like we kind of, so far in the series, kind of pivoted away from the like straight up lessons. I feel like when Henry and Julia started dating and he was like, oh, no more lessons. Like I don't have time. Mm -hmm. And then he was kind of like, oh, we'll still keep working on things. But I feel like that kind of marked a transition away from like, this straight up like teacher student thing and now it's more like just like you know just just think about it in your daily life you know what i mean like even the whole thing of her trying to get him a gift it wasn't like oh we're gonna like sit down and have a lesson it was more organic where he was just like oh okay well I'll use this as a teaching opportunity so i'm not sure where i was going with that but i think i think that they're kind of moving away from the way it was at the beginning where he's like giving her lessons. So now it would be more like, oh, here's a situation in your life. I will tell you how to make that situation better or like more adult, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. So I guess how far is too far? Is it, Yeah, is, is redecorating or like renovating your living space too far? I guess, I guess we would have to see like where Eliza is at. Like, does she want that or not? And I think that would come up in the episode, you know, because maybe she does have experience where like she goes to a dinner party and she's like, oh, this is actually super pleasant to like drink just moderately throughout the night and like have conversation. And like, maybe that's something she ends up being like, oh, I kind of liked that rather than like going out and like going really hard you know what i mean oh so that's maybe then it's like oh maybe i'll try that so you think i think it would depend how it comes up hmm okay so you think that this is something that (laughs) eliza wants and not something that henry is foisting on her that's what i'm saying i'm saying it could be that way or it could be henry just saying well this is how adults do because i think and so depending on how she comes into it that would let you know what outcome makes sense you know what i mean because like maybe the outcome is that she like is really good at entertaining or maybe the outcome is that she tries to do it and it's a disaster because she like doesn't know how to make conversation or whatever it is the way that sitcom formulas work is that if henry is the one foisting it on eliza and eliza is pushing back henry gets his way and then realizes that he was in the wrong yeah because sitcoms (laughs) yes that is how sitcoms work yeah so really, he ends up learning the lesson in the end. 
Mm-hmm. And he sees that the friends that Eliza has over this, they don't want to do this whole like very um, myth- methodical kind of step by. I'm thinking of like churches, like Methodists, <laughs> like <laughs> okay. where it's like there are these different stages in the meal. They just want to have a casual, chill time, and you know, yeah. it's things are different. Things are different, Henry. I also feel like this would be an interesting way for Julia to be involved in. Eliza's life because in this episode or the one before she like also is very like oh this is how you do dinners you know what I mean like she like describes some food that she's making and it's very pretentious I guess is all I'm trying to say so I could see him bringing her in and saying like oh help us do this whole dinner party thing which would just add in a whole nother layer of like tension or like not understanding what the expectations are because I think we talked about like Julia is closer to Eliza's age you know so then it would kind of take away the like oh, we have different styles because we're different ages. It would just be more like, oh, we're just very different people. Mm-hmm. Because Julia is closer to Eliza's age, but she's I think personally more like Henry. Eliza finds out that they're the same age within like days of one another and is shocked. Yes. I think yeah. I think Eliza finds out that she's older than Julia by like <gasps> three days. Yes, <laughs> that would be so funny because I feel like she'd really have to like grapple with that. Yeah, and, and I think she would really just need to be like, oh, why is she, why does she live her life the way that she does and I live my life the way that I do? Yeah, because I feel like she's even said to Henry, like, oh, it's it's because I'm in a different generation. That's why I do this. So for mm-hmm. her to find out Julia is younger than her would be like, it would like blow her world wide open. I feel like just be like, uh, what? Like, how could someone my age be like this? Yeah, I love that. Here is, so a, a big part of this episode is that Henry... Henry attends a blues traveler concert mm-hmm. with Julia because mm-hmm. Eliza has purchased them tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very, I guess, embarrassing for, I mean, Henry behaves in an embarrassing fashion. That's one way you could look at it. Okay. Or I, I think it is possibly embarrassing to Julia. Um, if blues traveler is sort of like Henry's um, guilty pleasure, secret shame mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from his yeah, okay. younger days, what is that for Julia and Eliza? Okay. So Julia and Eliza are born in the late 80s. Am I doing the math correctly? So they would have been teenagers in like the early 2000s. I mean, I feel like the obvious answer would be like a boy band. In sync. We were band, teenagers in the early 2000s. Yes. They're not that much older than us. I, why are you looking at me in that way? I don't understand. Continue. <laughs> Okay, I feel like we were kind of on the young end of teen when boy bands were really big. Which like, boy I remember... bands? What? Which boy bands? Like Insane and Backstreet Boys are the, the main ones that come to mind. So I would have been like 10 or 11. So that would have made them like 16. Am I doing math correctly here? I remember yes. the Backstreet Boys came back. They sort of had a, like a mini revival. Yeah, with like they're, in, they're in, still incomplete. continuing to try to. But I, I don't think that these boy bands that you're these boy bands that you're referencing those are more like '90s. Like that was their heyday. You think so? Yeah. Late '90s. Okay. Well, that that could still check out then. You so think they would have been like you queens. Think it's, okay, but you think it's boy bands? You think that that's it? I don't. I was just saying that's the first thing that comes to mind. What is the second thing that comes to mind? We're talking early 2000s. I didn't like listen to a lot of music in the early 2000s. I was a child. I don't know. What do you think it would be? I think that you're too focused on music. Okay, okay. You're also too focused on it being something that necessarily has to be uh, topical or like that has to fit the era. 
of of their like childhoods or whatever it because it doesn't have to be specific it can be broader you're okay okay all right so henry's secret shame or whatever is kind of like that when he was in high school he was very into this band turns out he's like still into it so it's embarrassing because he like has not really moved on from that well it's just not a cool band okay (laughs) i think that's part of it is it's not cool okay I think yeah. th- that's why I think that if you if you just like, oh, yeah, say that Eliza liked the Spice Girls when she was like this age. Well, it's like, yeah, that was but a like, normal oh, thing to did. like. Okay. So, I mean, I guess what would make it embarrassing is if they were like still were like diehard. Yes. Secretly. But yeah, I think maybe music is too on the nose comparing, comparing it to Henry's. So, I don't know. Uh, what's, it, what's embarrassing? I don't know. The one thing that would be embarrassing. Well, and I think different things are embarrassing to different people. I think Eliza doesn't try very hard do you think that's accurate i don't know if that's accurate because i feel like she tries pretty hard like in the way she presents herself like it's it's a very cultivated image that she like puts out into the world i think that takes a lot of effort Uh, hmm. i think person to person maybe she doesn't try that hard um that eliza ran for student government or something okay so it'd be something kind of nerdy i mean i feel like she already has shared a lot of embarrassing stories from her childhood about like being a loner no one comes to her birthday party you know nobody dances with her at the dance whatever whatever so you're saying that she has too many i think she's accepted things from her childhood as being like oh that was like past eliza i don't have to worry about it because i'm not like that anymore so i feel like it would have to be something current for her to actually own that and be embarrassed by it. Do you know what I mean? Hmm, okay. So it would have to be like something very nerdy that she like still does. Like she, I want to say like watches Doctor Who or something like that, just because that would be a funny crossover I would hate to that. me. But you would be embarrassed for her probably. No, so. I'd be upset. I'd be angry. You'd be angry? That's weird. That's a weird take. You hate Doctor Who that much? I don't hate Doctor Who. I feel nothing for Doctor Who. So then why would it make you angry? I don't know. Because it would, it would force me to have an opinion. <laughs> what uh i was very deep into doctor who for like three or four years of that is shocking to me is that really shocking to you yeah that's so weird why what why is it is about weird? doctor who that appeals to you i don't know to you uh college aged at the time yes <laughs> at the time yeah no i don't know what it was about doctor who i thought it was clever also my okay this probably says a lot about me personally, but when my older sister would get into stuff, I would just also get into it to like have something in common, you know? So she got into Doctor Who first. So I was like, oh, I'll try it. And then I got very deep into it. And then I got like much deeper into it than she did, like surpassed anything that she <laughs> would ever think about. And then I went to the UK. So then I was like very, very deep into it because it's like part of the culture doctor and who is part of the culture in the uk it, it's more like if you reference doctor who over there even if people don't like it they get it if you reference doctor who here people are like okay okay i was just joking obviously about i think i think i think that if you take <laughs> if you had a venn diagram and on one side it was like white female librarians <laughs> and on the other side it was doctor who fans it would just be one circle <laughs> it's so sad because it's true oh i think that's part of why i've like kind of gotten out of it is because it just felt like so stereotypical of like me i was just like ah, i don't want to i don't want to like get into this you here's know? a question what would it be stereotypical for me to get into i don't feel like i can answer that question Evan. <laughs> why not 
<laughs> I just can't. I don't want to. <laughs> Nothing comes to mind. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Anyway. <laughs> the way you say it makes me think that something does come to mind, and you just don't want to say it. Nothing comes to mind. Probably Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Listen to Scooby-Doo's. <laughs> Epis- new episodes every Monday. I forget why I brought up Doctor Who. Oh, that would be embarrassing for Eliza. What is into. what is Julia's embarrassing thing? Is it that she's bad at jokes? She's not ashamed of that though. I think is the problem. Yeah. So I guess I guess it would be embarrassing for her if she thought she was good, like if she was going around doing stand up, like oh, secretly, yikes. and she's just like bombing out everywhere. Like that's what would be embarrassing. So if she was like, if she really thought that she was good. Yes, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> well, I I was just thinking about the fact that like. There's something in a lot of like comedies, the straight man or woman, mm-hmm. um, that has been exaggerated to the extent that like they're bad at picking up on social cues. Mm-hmm. Isn't social cues like a trait of autism? Not yeah. Be- so and just like where's the line there? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I could see it becoming problematic if you like lean too hard into that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It would be embarrassing for Julia. That okay, so she would have to she would have to be aware that like this is embarrassing, so I'm gonna hide it from people. So I could see her like if it was comedy. She knows she's bad at it, but she's like really like trying to like study up and like learn how to do comedy. I think it would have like, to be very normal. I think it would have to be a very normal thing that everyone does and she also <laughs> does it, but she's just like really ashamed and mortified that she also enjoys and does it. So like watching reality tv or something like yeah that. like the bachelor or the bachelorette okay so yeah so she's like really deep into the bachelor and she has like a blog devoted to it or something like that under a fake name like she's just like super into it Mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense to me yeah and i feel like it would be funny to like watch her deal with like the fallout of people discovering like this other life that she has and i feel like it would make henry kind of be like oh i have to like stop and think about it i think it would make eliza like her she's mm-hmm. like oh like I thought I liked you, actually. Like, this would be like a bonding moment. There are a lot of really fun dynamics, and I think it's it's cool that we're as we've been these past few weeks talking about Julia, talking about Henry, talking about Eliza. Realizing that a lot of these sort of narratives that we're weaving involve all three of them together. Mm-hmm. It's not like this episode. This episode was just whenever Julia was around, Henry was around. Yeah, that's true. But to sort of really integrate her into the core cast, I think really does introduce a lot of real uh enjoyable unexpected possibilities yeah and i feel like that's what we missed out on because it was just like okay here's julia okay bye you know like i feel like it would have been very fun to like see how she would interact with everybody because i feel like she would bring an interesting dynamic if she was like a fully fleshed out character we are running down on time a little bit but I think this is um, something worth bringing up and maybe closing on because we've devoted so much time to Julia. Obviously, a lot of Julia-heavy episodes these past few weeks. In this episode, Freddie helps Eliza in suggesting this is how you plan a party for Henry. He actually gives her very good advice. Mm-hmm. What are some ideas if we were going to bring uh, Freddie more into the core cast? Okay. And have him be a part of arcs and, and different narratives and that sort of thing. Yeah, I feel like it's sort of similar where we have to see Freddie interacting with more people and not just Eliza. Because he's had like passing interactions with Henry, but like mainly we only see him with Eliza. I feel like we need to see we need to see Freddie outside of either work or being with Eliza. Okay, I have an idea. Henry realizes that he is turning 40. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe let's scrap this episode entirely. Let's just do a new episode. <laughs> An episode okay. in which Freddy has sort of... This is a series in which Freddy has become more integrated into the cast. Okay, yeah. Henry's like, oh, I'm turning 40. He's like, oh, I, you know, I recognize that I am now... I, one, one might call a middle-aged man. I, have become, I am uh, on the road to uh, maturity in, in a certain sense of the word. Okay. And, and as such, uh, this body is not going to um, maintain its own upkeep. I need to put more work into it. I need to do this many minutes of aerobic and anaerobic exercise per day just to keep this engine ticking. So he, so Henry starts to go to the gym. Okay. That's where he meets Freddy. Okay. Um, this is kind of a future episode, actually, though, where Freddy like, is trying to help Henry get in shape. Are you serious? Yeah. What? <laughs> that race? It's like a corporate race. That's I don't remember up. that at all. <laughs> Somewhere in the recesses of your mind, you... My mind is always that. on recess, clearly. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that is a natural way for them to interact would be in terms of like working out. Okay, maybe he does Muay Thai or something. Maybe. I, I feel like, okay, hmm, what would be like a natural way for Freddie and Henry to interact? I mean, unless we go back to the idea of like planning something for Eliza, like they would have to plan it together. Why, why are you doing that? Like, just eat it or don't eat it. Don't, like, make a big show about it. <sighs> I'm purposefully doing it slowly so that it's not... So it's more subtle. No, it's not subtle. It's extremely not subtle. <laughs> this is subtle. Son. <laughs> you, you look like an Italian chef who's very pleased with himself. Like, mm, yes. bellissimo. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know what we're talking about. Freddy, I guess. I feel like we don't really know anything about Freddy at this point. So it's kind of hard to imagine. I mean, we don't know that much about Julia, though. I guess I guess we feel like we know Julia because she's so much like Henry. So we just assume, you know what I mean? Like everything we know about Henry, we can also kind of like put on Julia, which is not but necessarily But don't true. we assume that Freddy is kind of like Eliza? But yeah, I mean, I guess kind of. So we assume like he's on social media a lot. He likes to party a lot. He's a little bit, um, what's the word for it? Like, I, I want to say flighty, but I don't know. <laughs> that was very subtle. Nice job. <laughs> anyway. It's getting a very big reaction out of you. It's like, I, there is no right or wrong way to eat rockets as we podcast. Rockets are Canadian Smarties, right? Uh, what? Rockets? I think so. Uh, they're like sugary. Our Smarties are like M&M's, but bad. Yeah, I know that. But bad? Well, they're more more, more candy, candy coating. I don't know if we answered that question. It's fine. Last <laughs> thing, right before we end this podcast. Tomorrow's Halloween. Okay. It took me a moment to like do the time thing, but yes. True. Tomorrow is Halloween. Tomorrow's Halloween. What? We're going to go back and forth. Well, we're going to, until we run out of characters, I'll say name of a character on Selfie. You name their Halloween costume. You name a character on Selfie. I'll say their Halloween costume. And then, and then this... Episode is over. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay. Eliza. Eliza, I want to say that Eliza would go as Cleopatra and she would wear one of those like Uma Thurman wigs from Pulp Fiction. Okay. Yeah. That checks. Yeah. It's a good costume. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sam Saperstein. Oh, he has so many options to choose from. He has so many outfits. What are you talking about? When they went to his estate, he had yeah, like Yeah, but those aren't Halloween costumes. costumes. Those are just clothes. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, if that's his Beth, base what? level. You know, some people just wear different things. You don't go to like... I can just imagine you go like touching down in like Taiwan or something. Look at all of these people wearing Halloween costumes. This is incredible. <laughs> I did not... 
Oh my god, I did not. I did not say that. I'm just saying Sam Saperstein's baseline for wearing things is already kind of extreme. So he'd have to go more extreme for Halloween. That's all I'm trying to say. He would go as... <laughs> I was just thinking about how they kept talking about Oprah. And I think it'd be hilarious if he went as Stedman because I don't know what Stedman looks like. I feel like it would be a costume we'd have to keep explaining. Uh, Larry. Larry would also dress as Cleopatra. <laughs> Okay, sure. Either that or he dresses up as Julius Caesar and keeps trying to make it weird. That feels more likely, honestly. Henry. I feel like it would be a historical figure of some sort. Abraham Lincoln or something like that. I actually think that he would make a very good Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Freddy. Well, Freddy's is too easy. It's just someone who like shows his abs a lot, you know? Like, <laughs> he's just like, a, he dresses up as like, the pharaoh to cleopatra's like queen or whatever mm. not realizing that it's like julius caesar and julius caesar doesn't show his abs because he wears a toga and then it's <laughs> sort of like he's in this like awkward spot where he's dressed as like someone in like a lo- you know like one of those like, egyptian like loincloth kind of garments with no shirt on but like he doesn't know who he is anymore so all of a sudden he becomes like the servant but he <laughs> plays it off cool because he's a good boyfriend he's like well you know what this is still kind of sexy it's kind of sexy to be cleopatra's servant so he's on board with it okay <laughs> That's a complicated backstory. But all right. Okay. Oh, Julia. Julia. So, well, she works with children. So I feel like it would have to be something that children would get. Because we know that she's like, you know, she like does the puppets and stuff like that. So I feel like she would go like Disney princess. Which one? would be like kind of surprising. Uh, Snow White. Hmm. Not like Tiana or Mulan or Pocahontas or Jasmine? Uh, no. Julia knows better. <laughs> you think Snow White. Okay. I think she's got kind of a Snow White kind of vibe. All right. So, <laughs> I agree. Okay. Are we done? Or... Are we done? I don't know. You want to do one more? Okay. Joan. Joan. Why would you pick Joan over Charmonique? Okay. Charmonique. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> I just kind of want to know what Joan would wear, but okay. You can do both. Joan and Charmonique. I don't want to do Joan. I don't care about Joan. I just think it's weird that you would skip over Charmonique. Okay. Charmonique. She's like like principal cast, like top four. <laughs> okay. You can do Charmonique. It's fine. What's your kid's name again? Kevin. Kevin wants his mom to dress up as a Star Wars character. Okay. Okay. I see that. Like one of the unflattering ones because <laughs> he's a kid and kids are rude. Yeah. Um, And she decides to dress up as Princess Amidala from like Attack of the Clone Wars with like that white outfit with the gun because it's... Do you know what I'm talking about? They're in the gladiator pit on Geonosis. They fight like Anexu, Arik, and uh, okay. Akle. Yeah, <sighs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she dresses up as Princess Amidala, but not like the dress one in the first movie with the, all the makeup. The second movie, where she wears a lot of white, she has a gun. Okay. That's it. Okay. That's a good one. I like bringing Kevin back into it. What would Kevin be dressed as? What is the funniest character that Star Wars character that Kevin could be? I think he dresses up as a Wookiee, but everyone thinks that he's an Ewok. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a fun game. I, I do not know what I'm going to wear for Halloween. Why not? It's just, I don't know. I don't know because it has to play on multiple levels because it's something I have to wear like to school. No, it's so not. Have to... Well, yeah, because I'm going to wear a costume to school. So I guess I could have multiple costumes. But for my school costume, it has to be something that children will understand and also will impress my fellow teachers. You know, I don't want to be lame. I thought about just being like a very stereotypical librarian, but I feel like it, it would play well. <laughs> also, if you look up 
uh, librarian costume. Don't don't look that up. <laughs> what not do you appropriate. Mean? What's not appropriate about it? It's just not good. It's not good out there. A lot of weird people. Siri, Google nope. librarian costume. <laughs> no, please do not do that. Here's what I found on the web for librarian costume. Do not. Do not, Evan. Sexy librarian costume. Women's costumes for 2018. So for those of you who live in the Rochester area, <laughs> maybe after you visit your local Wegmans, you can stop by a, an elementary school where you can find Beth wearing no, Argyle socks. Nope. 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 A nope. gray skirt. Mid-thigh. <sighs> I don't know what how to describe this garment. Please don't. A bustier? Nope, please don't. <laughs> and then hilariously, there's a collar, but it's just the collar. No, it just goes no, around the neck. It's just a no. collar. And the purpose of the collar, I guess, is so that a little black tie can hang down from it. <sighs> also That's glasses, weird. which you own, I believe. Yeah, I do. And then if you have a writing implement, if you could bite it when you're around people, <sighs> that would really complete the ensemble. I hate everything about this. I meant I was going to dress as like an old librarian because that's what people think librarians look like. But anyway, I scrapped that idea. So if you have any ideas for my Halloween costume and uh, I still haven't thought of anything on Tuesday, I guess uh, hit me up and tell me what I should wear for Halloween. What is your guilty pleasure secret shame musical group? (laughs) My guilty pleasure secret shame musical group? I don't know. I do sometimes get into um, a headspace where I really like listening to the Beach Boys. How is that? How is that a guilty pleasure thing? I don't know. <laughs> it's not embarrassing enough. Okay. Um, what's yours? <laughs> uh, I don't feel bad about anything that I listen to. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, why did you ask maybe that question then? Because I don't feel bad about anything that I listen to. I thought maybe you felt bad about at least one thing. No. Uh, some. I guess Chris Brown. I like to listen to Chris Brown sometimes, and he beats women. That's that's much darker than mine. <laughs> Thank you for admitting that. Uh, this is for all of our listeners who don't beat women. If you want to follow up with us, uh, it'd be good to follow us on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash selfievalpod. So selfie, S-E-L-F-I-E, val, pod. Selfie val pod. We're at that thing I just said. Okay. Yep, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, you can also use that to let us know any costume ideas that you have. Also, you could leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, you can also send us an email at selfievaluationpodcast at gmail.com. All right, so next week, next Tuesday, come back for our recap of episode nine, follow through. Lastly, you can try to go to selfievaluation.tumblr.com where I may or may not have updated it. There's a chance. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just come back next week. (laughs) New episode Tuesday. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you.